Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to episode 6 of season 3 of the Wormburner Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and for this week, I wanted to go into what I thought and what my position is on Chelsea Football Club and what is going on there and what they need to fix as a club as a whole with the season wrapping up and almost into the summer transfer window in about, I think, two weeks or give or take, and so I wanted to put my sense into that and see what you guys think as well. I would absolutely love to know you guys' opinion on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast, and if you have not checked out our Twitter page, it is at WormburnerPDCST. Our tag is at WormburnerPDCST. We also have our website, in case you have not seen that. It is the-wormburner-podcast.captivate.fm. Again, that is the-wormburner dash podcast.captivate.fm uh, thank you so much to everyone that was involved in the voting process for this episode i will be doing liverpool at a later date so i don't want you guys to think that that idea is going to be slipped to the side i definitely want to do liverpool as well but for this episode you guys were awesome and you guys voted for chelsea to be this week's episode so i greatly appreciate it and i hope you guys enjoy the work that i put in to try and and make this episode really really awesome so let's go ahead and get into this week's episode all right so to break down my position having to do with chelsea football club i think the first thing going into this is i want to put mentally where Chelsea at in my personal opinion and with everything going on the number one thing that I wanted to point out which is the pretty obvious answer is that the players are in a position where they are not motivated as a club it, sitting in 10th place the pedigree that these players want to be at this is not a good position at all to be at and I think this is partly due to multiple different factors and one of the main reasons as to why I feel like this slump had been induced into Chelsea Football Club was by the appointment of Graham Potter. And first and foremost, before I get into this, I don't want to say that Potter's a bad manager. Looking at this from the outside in as a soccer person that is been a part of the sport for a while now I think that the Potter appointment was not at the right time I don't want to say that it would have ever been a appointment that Chelsea would be making but Graham Potter going from Brighton and Hove Albion to Chelsea at this point in his career was just not a good move at all he was not prepared in the slightest in my opinion because this was a huge jump in pedigree when the latest that we saw at the the highest levels that Graham Potter was coaching at which was Brighton and Hove Albion he only had one good season with Brighton and Hove Albion and looking at the previous record having to do with Graham Potter he dropped 10% in his win percentage every single job he had before going to Chelsea. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, when he was in Sweden, when it comes to his first job, he was sitting at about a 50% win rate when it came to the club being at, at his first club. When he moved to England for the first time in Coach Swansea, 
he dropped to a around a 40% win percentage. And then going from Swansea to Brighton and Hove Albion, he went to a, around a 30% win rate. So each jump that Potter was making, it was not adding up and being sufficient to essentially creating confidence in myself as a as again an outside person going into this that he was going to be a good appointment he had one good season with Brighton and Hove Albion and to add salt into the wounds he had more losses than wins as a Brighton and Hove Albion manager and that doesn't speak volumes to me going into a Chelsea appointment. He could have gone into that and completely blown everybody out of the water. That I just didn't see that happening because of this president that he hadn't managed to that caliber before. He had not been with players like that in his entire in his entire managerial career specifically and on a winning basis he was not going to hold up. And that's exactly what happened. Instead of being top six, like Chelsea most likely need to be in any competitive year, they are sitting at mid-table in 10th place currently. And I know it's not entirely having to do with Potter's situation being that he was sacked a little while ago, but that's that's what I'm trying to say is now Chelsea are currently sitting mid-table, which is something that they cannot accept. Bowley firing Potter was the in my opinion a very good decision they needed to get rid of him as quickly as possible and not wait till the end of the season to they they couldn't afford to wait and that's exactly what bully did and they went and got rid of him and now chelsea are in talks with two really good managers now here's the problem that mentality wise from a board i feel like is both a good thing and a bad thing the board realized that with firing Tuchel and hiring Potter in less than 24 hours, they made a really rash decision very quickly. And they don't want to mess up again. I don't think anybody would want to mess something up like that on purpose. But they realized that they didn't put enough thought into this selection as they should have. And by slowing down and actually taking time to figure out which manager they want is going to allow them to make a better choice in the long run. And I'm glad to see that from the Chelsea board. Now, this is where I believe it's a bad thing. I believe that they are allotting too much time because they have gone and hired Frank Lampard, which for, again, all intents and purposes, I am not trying to say that Frank Lampard's a bad manager. I just don't think he is suited for this position at Chelsea Football Club right now. And the reason I say that is both Potter and Lampard are the two worst managers statistically in the last 10 years of Chelsea's history. And to have them both appointed in a very short amount of time while they are sorting out their situation with what manager they're picking, I feel like it was a very relaxed and very non-urgent decision that Chelsea have decided to hire Lampard till the summer. I don't I think this needs to be resolved now, like within this next week, honestly. I feel like half a month to at most a month need this this needs to be resolved 
ASAP. I do not understand why they hired Lampard till the summer. I just don't understand that position at all. And I had actually tweeted a joke having to do with that because it had been released that he was hired till the summer. And I was just like, why did they do that? Does it... I felt like it was a self-sabotage move, and so I made the joke of, does Todd Bowley know that there's relegation in the English Premier League? Because here in the United States, there is no relegation. And I, I don't understand why he's making that move. I feel like with this move, he's tanking Chelsea. It's just not a good move. And so with all of this in mind, there are two managers that are looking to come into Chelsea Football Club and and I feel like will make a difference. One of them is a little more risky and that in my opinion is Julian Nagelsmann, but uh, Luis Enrique is also a, a very good signing as well even though Nagelsmann is more risky, it's still a good move. I feel like it would be a very positive outlook towards the club especially with them being so young that they can grow with the manager as well. He's a very good up and coming manager and one that with that risk could come could come with a lot of reward for Chelsea Football Club. Now, Enrique is a well-seasoned manager. He knows what he's doing and that's exactly what he did going into the negotiations with with Chelsea in London to try to iron out a plan for them to hire him and and that's exactly what they need to be doing is to be ironing out this plan, but I do realize that takes time, and unfortunately, time is not on Chelsea's side. And so, with that being said, I have a list of a couple of things that I would do if I was Luis Enrique or Julian Nagelsmann uh, for the club, and this is how I would go about it. There are five players that I actually have earmarked to sell, and one of them might be a contentious point of view, but I'm willing to give that position up uh, because I have a, 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 a switch that could be made later on in the episode, and I'll be getting into that. So the first sell for me would be Mark Kukureria at left back, and I, for one, was not a big fan of this move at all. I don't believe... He was good. He was a good player, but looking at the numbers at Chelsea and at left back, it has been subpar. Cucurella defensively has been the better left back for the position itself uh, over Chilwell, but what I will say is that Cucurella has not adapted at all into the, the attack like he should have. And obviously, Chilwell has grown greatly into this position, which is why I feel like, ranking-wise, even though Cucurella is slightly better defensively, the attack has more of a president in this situation for Chelsea Football Club. So I have Cucurella being sold for around $40 million, which is what his transfer marked price is. Whether they get it or not is a completely different story, but that's what I'm just going with roughly. Now, the second person I would sell, which is the contentious, one of the contentious people, is Kai Havertz. And this does come with the disclaimer, I do have an idea that will come in later that does keep Kai Havertz. But, if Chelsea are willing to sell Kai Havertz, get about $60 million, and you could have a replacement right off the top of the bat. 
and we'll be getting to, into that with the signings, uh, but all intents and purposes, he is on that list for about $60 million. There's two, the next two for third and my fourth sell for Chelsea are two names that I've heard pretty frequently on the sell list for Chelsea Football Club. Uh, that is Christian Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech. And I feel like that they 100% should be sold, even, I know, an American siding against Pulisic. <laughs> um, I don't feel like, offensively, those two have been able to contribute as much as they should. And their stats show when it comes to producing for Chelsea in big moments and in games where they need to make decisive and good attacking chances and convert them. They just have not been there. And so I have them being sold, Pulisic being sold for around 30 million euros, and Hakim Ziyech being sold for about uh, 20 million euros. So in total, right now, we're looking at about 150 million euros. And then for the fifth and final one, which is, in my in my opinion, an option, is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I don't really understand why Chelsea signed him other than the fact that they had a problem in the striker position. But instead of helping, I felt like it created more confusion in the striker position for me personally because I don't feel like Aubameyang has been to the levels that he was before. He's gone down drastically in recent years, performance-wise at least for me. And I just didn't understand why that signing was made other than a possible rotation player for the striker role. So that is something that I would be looking into as a signing to be able to help help transition Chelsea into this better time for them. And with those five cells, so again, we're looking at about 155 million euros. Kukurelia being sold, Havertz being sold, Pulisic, Ziyech, and Aubameyang being sold. Uh, for that total. There are four positions with a fifth optional that would be a point of contact for me to try to improve at Chelsea. The first one is the left-back position that we are obviously getting rid of, taking Cucurellia out of the equation. Now, while I was against the signing of Cucurellia before, this may have actually worked to Chelsea's advantage in that they could be getting a massive left-back for extremely cheap this summer if they act very quickly right now, in my opinion. And that left-back is Rafael Guerrero from Borussia Dortmund. He would be available on a free transfer because his contract runs out this summer. He has not confirmed that he is going to renew with the club, and at least to the best of my knowledge, as of today, April 11th, the club doesn't want to renew his contract either. And the defensive numbers that Guerrero has put up when it comes to Borussia Dortmund's left-back position, it would be better than both Chilwell and Cucurella at Chelsea. And I feel like that would be a very solid signing, even if they could get him at a rotation, which I don't know if that would be something he would be interested in. But I know that from a a goal contribution standpoint, he has been absolutely massive for the club. So not only is he defensively better, but he's also offensively better 
than both Chilwell and Kukureria. In 218 matches for the German side, he's contributed to 88 goals for the club. Uh, as well as this season, in 30 matches, he's contributed 18 goals, which means it's either a goal or an assist. And he has been absolutely phenomenal for the side. And if I wasn't doing Chelsea, honestly, I would be saying, Manchester City, you need to sign him because... In my personal opinion, Manchester City has had a massive left-back problem for I don't know how many years. So this would be a absolutely massive signing for Chelsea to be able to secure Rafael Guerrero uh, from Borussia Dortmund. And I might even be pronouncing his last name wrong. I hope I'm not. But uh, for those of you that are thinking, though, with Rafael being uh, with Borussia Dortmund, this is a Champions League contending side. And... For those, again, you want to stay in that competition as long as possible. This is why I bring up Chelsea signing him is because the latest links that are linked to signing him are Leeds and West Ham, which I have no idea as to why Raphael could be even entertaining these two. He is a much better left back than these two teams. So these two teams would be getting an absolute steal. I think Chelsea should 100% use their pull power and get Raphael to the club as that backup left back or even starting left back over Chilwell. Uh, but uh, for my intensive purposes for this squad, I would use him as a rotation, uh, but possibly be the left back that starts more often because he has shown in the previous five years that he's been with Borussia Dortmund that he can contribute massively to the team. Now, with the second signing in the second area that we would need to improve, I think that this is where the selling Kai Havertz comes into effect because that second position would be the attacking midfield position. I don't know... And I've been doing about, I think, six hours of research into this. I actually don't know which one I would keep when it comes to the club because I would either keep Havertz and get rid of Jao Felix and not try to bring him into the club or sell Kai Havertz and bring in Jao Felix. And the reason I mention that is a lot of people, again, with the whole precedent of being at, the, at Atletico Madrid, they are a consistent top four team. That would be consistent for Champions League every single season. Jao Felix has come out and stated that he would be happy to stay at Chelsea and be at Chelsea, even though Chelsea will not be competing for continental competition next year as of right now. They could change that around, but uh, as of right now, that's not the case. And I feel like they should capitalize on this. Felix is a great player. Before joining Chelsea, he had 14 appearances for Atletico Madrid with four goals and three assists in La Liga. Uh, but after, he has shown to have a very good pedigree, even though he has had 10 appearances with two goals and zero assists in the Premier League. Uh, one of them was a red card as well. He missed out on three games, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I, f I feel like Chelsea could definitely use that to their advantage and get a very good player. Uh, however, if in this certain position, uh, with Havertz still being at the club, I would want him to move back to a attacking midfield role versus a striker role. Because while, yes, he has contributed to a good amount of the goals for the club, 
I feel like he has a much more solid base in the attacking midfield role. I slightly favor João Felix personally uh, because he has that flair and he has that that pedigree about him since joining Chelsea. I feel like it would benefit more for the club. Uh, so I would sell Havertz and then go for Felix immediately with that money gained from the 60 million sell sell of Kai Havertz. That's if they get 60 million, but you get my point. Uh, but they could utilize that if, very efficiently and go for a very solid attacking midfield player that has chemistry with the club, that will have chemistry with the club, and wants to actually compete for the club. And I want to use that to Chelsea's advantage with this signing. Now, with the third position of wanting to improve the side, this is going to be a bit of a stretch for one of these for one of these signings, but there is a realistic secondary that I have backed up to see if maybe we could sway uh, the striker position in some way or form. But the starting position, or the, the first one that is a little, in my opinion, unrealistic, but it has a shot, is Kareem Benzema. And I know, I know you guys are probably screaming at the top of your lungs. Benzema to Chelsea? Are you crazy? He would never even think about that. And I would honestly say you're right as well, but with some of the stuff that I had figured out, I don't know if that's the case, actually. Because with his current goal contributions of 31 goal contributions in 32 matches, he is still extremely relevant as a striker. He is still very good, and he could make a very demanding and physical presence in a Chelsea starting lineup, in my personal opinion. I feel like he'd do that with any, but more specifically, Chelsea, obviously, with this episode. Kareem would be able to get that starting role and make a difference immediately for this side. And especially with possible continuation of other signings that we make, I feel like this would complement the team very, very well. And the reason why I say this as well is because of two factors. Number one, Real has stated that they do not have any interest at all in renewing his contract. So at the end of this season, Benzema's out. He is not going to be a part of Real Madrid anymore. And they need to, Chelsea specifically, need to capitalize on this. And as of right now, the only club interested in signing Benzema is Club Lyon in France, which is his home club, obviously. I feel like, personally, Chelsea could do one of two things with this information. They could sign Benzema on a two-year deal, but after one year, he has the option or, or more specifically, Club Leon has the option to buy Benzema off of Chelsea and use that as the segue to him going home and finishing his final days at Club Leon, and then he retires. Or Chelsea could sign a one-year deal with him and say, hey, we want to bring in somebody to help solidify this striker position and help format to what we want to bring in as the new vision of Chelsea Football Club and we feel that you are ideally that man to be brought into the squad now uh, you will be able to leave at the end of the season with this one year contract but we want to utilize you for this one year before you go home and play at Leon for 
the rest the remainder of your career. I feel like that would be a perfect pitch to Benzema to be like, hey, we are building something here. We want you to be a part of that build, that rebuild for Chelsea. And then you can go on and, and finish your career gracefully with your boyhood club. And we would love your time just for even a year. I feel like that would be a perfect pitch for Benzema. And as well with, again, only Leon being interested and Real not even showing a lick of interest in renewing his contract with this amount of form that he's in is absolutely ludicrous for Chelsea to not at least consider this. Now, for the second more realistic one, it is another free transfer for the striker position, but Again, this is a little more realistic to me, but Chelsea have to watch out because there are some big names associated with this person, and that is Marcus Thurman from Borussia Mönchengladbach. He is on a free transfer at the end of this season. The club has already confirmed he is not going to renew his contract, and the club is not going to offer a contract to him, so he is out this summer. He has a good good standing uh, when it comes to offensively for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Playing 28 games with the side, he has 16 goals and 5 assists. He has currently participated in 40% of the Bundesliga goals for Borussia Mönchengladbach. So for 40% of the goals that Borussia Mönchengladbach have, he has either a goal or an assist attributed to it, which is massive and something that, again, Chelsea need on an offensive level to be able to convert. They have good players, but they haven't been able to be clinical and convert those chances. I feel like Marcus Thurman can be that person for Chelsea if Benzema's off the table, or even if they could get Thurman on a backup and then go after uh and let him get the starting position after Benzema leaves for Leon. Now, this is where things get interesting. If we aren't going off of the setup of going for Benzema and Thurman as free agents, I want to utilize this time to say, forget Benzema, we can go after Thurman. And say that you can get the striker role, lead start, striker role at Chelsea, and that will lead into possibly pulling him away from the other clubs associated with him. Currently, the two clubs that are showing interest to him is Manchester United, which I feel personally already has a very strong attacking base. He would be a backup or rotation to it. He will not be the starter, which would benefit Chelsea more if they gave him the starting role at the club. The other one is Inter Milan, which I feel like obviously Latero Martinez has locked down unless they pull back a two-striker position or a two-striker formation to be able to utilize them a little better maybe this might be able to work for that kind of a setup but again this is based off of he could be a rotation at Inter Milan because they're already a very good side and they don't need to rebuild quote-unquote whereas Marcus could be a part of a change at Chelsea to get revamped into a brand new Chelsea and that could work to their benefit with that with these two at striker 
the biggest position that we need to fill is right wing and that's going to be our fourth position that we'll be looking for signings for there are a couple that i'm looking at and maybe i might even put this into a poll for after the episode uh, because i actually had a slightly hard time picking who i would want to at the club because with the other signings i felt like this could be a very interesting situation for chelsea it depending on who they brought in but the first one and my first choice for the right wing position is Musa Diaby from Bayer Leverkusen. He would be a very good signing. Bayer Leverkusen currently sitting in sixth place in the Bundesliga. He has 22 goal contributions in 37 matches for the side. Uh, he is currently not in any continental competition as of right now. And he would be worth around 80 to 100 million euros, which would unfortunately take up the majority of the remainder or all of the cash that we had been able to accumulate from those player sales, which is why I wanted to utilize the strong free agent market that's going to be coming up in this summer. But with that being said, uh, he has a contract with Bayer Leverkusen until 2025. Uh, so if they want to act on this, they will need to act fast because he is only going to be getting better from this point on. And that number is only going to get higher. So Musa Diaby to Chelsea would be a good signing for me. And in my personal opinion, for the amount that he is worth would be honestly worth it if he could translate those goal contributions to Chelsea's attack. Now, these next two signings that I would be an advocate for are more high risk, but they could have a higher yield and reward. And those two signings are Nico Williams with Athletic Bilbao and Samuel Chakwizi from Villarreal. And I hope I, I said Chakwizi's name right, um, but going on from there nico williams being the first one i feel like his price tag of 50 million euros which is about 45 million british pounds is a release clause to the best of everyone's information that has been presented uh, this would be a good signing for chelsea with him being young at 20 years old he has eight goals and six assists and 34 matches for the basque side and has been able to contribute to very decisive matches throughout the course of the season. Now, this is where it gets interesting because both Arsenal and Liverpool have been sniffing around Nico Williams for a little while. But latest reports as of at least January have stated that 50 million euros is too high for Liverpool to be forking out for a player like Nico Williams. So apparently, as of right now, Liverpool are out of this discussion, even though they're interested in the player. This only leaves Arsenal. And this is why I wanted to bring up both Nico Williams and Samuel Chakwizi, is because Arsenal is interested in both of these players in the right wing position. With Chakwizi, he is going to be in the price range of about 50 to 100 million euros from Real. To the best of records currently to date, 100 million euros is his release clause at Real, but I do not see that being used personally because of the fact that 
he'll want to leave the club for a Premier League side. He wants to improve. He has already stated he wants to improve his game and where he can be the best. And I feel like Chelsea is one of those places that if they can grow and develop this potential from him, he can be a very phenomenal player. He's 23 years old, currently sitting at Villarreal with 24 goal contributions in 40 games, participating in 30% of Villarreal's goals in La Liga this year, which is vital for Villarreal, in my personal opinion. If they could try to snag him for anywhere between 50 to 75 million, this would be a really phenomenal signing. But if Arsenal get to Chakwizi before uh, Nico Williams, I would definitely feel sufficient with Nico Williams, uh, even though he may not have contributed or been a, a big part of Bilbao's side uh, in this latest season. Now, the fourth signing, which is a bit controversial, and I don't think it's it's a bit of a stretch, but it's going again off of the free transfer market for this season, and that is going to be Marco Asensio from Real Madrid. He has 13 goal contributions in 37 matches for the side. While Real have talked about renewing contracts, they have not been brought up yet, and apparently Barcelona have shown interest in the right winger from Real I, I'm not insure, entirely sure how strong that is because, of course, the rivalry between Real and Barcelona and Asensio coming up from Real's academy. He is, I would believe, through and through Real. So a move to Barcelona would be a very interesting perspective to be brought into this. But overall, this would not be a... This would not be the first time that a Real player went to a London side that was not competing in Europe. Uh, because when Odegaard went from Real to Arsenal, they were sitting in 8th place the year that he got in, which was obviously not in European con contention. So this would not be a extremely far-fetched move, but it is a far-fetched move because Chelsea need to act now if they want to get him because, again, with Real showing interest in renewing, this would be something that needed to be closed down immediately like the other free transfer moves uh, that I've suggested beforehand. But with the other ones, they can wait to the summer and to try to negotiate how much certain players could be sold for it's all a guessing game at that point, but the free transfers need to be signed almost immediately, if not within the next couple weeks, if I was the manager of this situation. Now, for the fifth and final position that I would update for this Chelsea side, this is an optional position. And I, I want to stress that enough because I feel like with Chelsea's goalkeeping position, both of their goalkeepers have not showed consistency at all recently. Uh, with Edward Mendy going into goal this season, he hasn't had the best season to date, uh, whereas Kepa Rizabalaga has actually been able to keep a decent record and, and have less conceded goals than games started for the side. Uh, I feel like that... 
Chelsea could benefit from a strong goalkeeper if the funds were available, number one, and number two, if they were looking to maybe move one of those two keepers on, which I've heard Kepa might be moved on. I don't know. With this recent form, I don't know how legitimate those claims are, but with the suggestion of the fifth signing possibly for the side in the fifth position of goalkeeper, I would recommend Alex Romero from Real Sociedad, which is currently sitting in fourth place in La Liga. He has had a monstrous season this year uh, with the side again being in fourth. He has started 28 games and only conceded 26 goals for the side. He would be around the range of 35 to 50 million euros. It is believed that he has a release clause in his contract for 32 to 35 million. However, to the best of reports, this is not confirmed, which is why I put the 50 mark, 50 million euros for the estimated worth for the player. He has been compared to David De Gea from Manchester United, which is ironically the only club that is showing interest in the player to replace David De Gea, at least in before De Gea retires. But uh, I feel like United might not be able to get him uh, personally because they might want to move in another direction. I feel like United could get a better player to replace De Gea then Alex Romero, so I'm not entirely sure. Maybe that's something that could definitely happen, but I I just don't know validity-wise how interested Manchester United are in Romero uh, to be able to sign him, but uh, that is definitely my suggestion if the goalkeeper position could be updated. So like, for example, uh, if we were to sign uh, Nico Williams, which took the 50 of the... 150 million transfer budget, which we've already put 50 million down for Jao Felix. That leaves 50 left, which would be the perfect amount to be able to either have a little bit left over for contracts or use all 150 million or 155 million to sign Alex Romero as a as the starting goalkeeper for Chelsea Football Club to get a little more consistency for the side. And with All of these sales and the signings that I would make as the manager, I want to do tactics really quickly. I don't want to go too, too in-depth with it, but with without a shadow of a doubt, Chelsea are a very attack-minded roster, having some very star-studded signings in the, again, attacking role. I want to pick a formation that would be able to better suit this fact, and so not only have that, but to be able to incorporate multiple formations uh, while not compromising major assets for the club. And so we would be able to do many formations uh, like a 4-4-1-1 or even maybe even a 5-back, maybe a 5-2-1-2, something along those lines. But the main formation that I would choose for this side is a 4-2-3-1. This is a pretty common uh, formation and and personally for me I feel like that would be the strongest for this side and and one that I feel confident that again if I was the manager I would be able to coach uh, pretty regularly but the starting goalkeeper uh, I would have Mendy and then Reza Balaga in the backup position if 
Romero was not signed, but of course, if Romero was signed, he would take the position over Mendy. At the left-back position, we have Chilwell and Guerrero being able to duke it out for that left-back position. At center-backs, we have Kudabali starting with Badiashili, which I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, with the backups being Fofana and Tiago Silva. At right back, we have Reese James with Aspilicueta as backup. And then for the two center mids, we have Enzo Fernandez and Kovacic in those two center mid positions. And then the backups being Ingolocante, which I would renew his contract immediately being the manager, and then Connor Gallagher as the backup for Kovacic. With the cam position, we would either have Felix or Havertz, which I, personally I would lean a little more towards Felix to have that cam position, and then Mason Mount to be the backup for that position. Now, for the forwards, I would have Sterling with Mudrick as the backup there, if not possibly taking the starting position from time to time, especially if Sterling's injured. Uh, the striker position, hands down, if the transfer could be made, Benzema up top with Thurman and the backup position, if both of those could be made. And then with the right wing position, we could have either Diaby, Williams, or Chakwizi for in the starting right wing posi- position. Uh, it would be phenomenal, and, and any of those signings would be absolutely amazing. Uh, and without further ado, that's actually going to conclude this episode of the Wormbreder Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know in the comments below of this post for either Facebook, on Twitter, anywhere, that what you guys thought of this format. If you guys would like another episode having to do with this kind of setup, and let me know what your thoughts of this all going down was. If you agree with some of my signings, if you think it was absolutely outrageous, I want to know about it. So put it in the comments below on Twitter or on Facebook. Again, facebook.com forward slash the Wormbrenner Podcast, or on our Twitter at Wormbrenner PDCST. Our tag again is at Wormbrenner PDCST. And then our website, of course, the dash Wormbrenner dash podcast.captivate.fm. Again, that is the dash Wormbrenner dash podcast.captivate.fm. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A million times thank you for making it to the end of this episode. Stay safe, have fun, love soccer. And I'll see you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.